get into Gate. This is episode 133. We are talking Stargate SG1. The full Get Into Gate team is here. My name is Mitch. Joining me, Matty. A little bit of weed just came in. Oh, Brendan. Hello. And uh, Reese, how's your urine levels? Well, spank <laughs> me, Rosie. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Reese is our first time watcher, hence his uh, excitement for talking full. Circle the season finale of season six of Stargate SG1. Brendan, Maddie, and myself, long term Stargate fans, introducing Reese to the show. And we've been talking this one up full circle for a while, especially in a, a bit of a mediocre, a bit of a meh season of Stargate SG1. We said, look, it's all going to come to a, a pretty good head with episode 22. Full circle. Let's Careful. see what the synopsis <laughs> reads. Throw it over to Reese and see what he thought. Or oh, you'll be excited about the way this one starts, Reese. Are you ready? Absolutely. Daniel Jackson yeah! appears to O'Neill and alerts him that Anubis has Just located... Just gone down to four out of ten odds. <laughs> Anubis has located the Eye of Ra, a fabled object of power hidden somewhere on Abydos. With Daniel's help, O'Neill and SG-1 find the Eye first, but determined to have it, Anubis threatens to destroy the entire planet unless Daniel and SG-1 hand it over. Full circle, Mitch. I thought you were going to play this song for our intro instead. Full circle of life. Oh, and I like that you went from the the Elton John version. Absolutely. I'm surprised you didn't make your own. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) I love it how you said, Mitch, I thought you would play this song. Like, oh, it's the obvious choice. Yeah, well, for me it is. I I was like, oh, it's too obvious. Especially because The Lion King was coming out. Mitch was crying about it last week. Yeah, just jizzing everywhere about uh, about it, yeah. How was it, Mitch? Uh, Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. You know, I've seen it before, actually. Similar storyline. Better graphics. Yeah. Well, no, I said that in my review on everyone's. Oh, yeah, what's it like? And I said, well, if I hadn't have like rewatched it two weeks ago with my kids, and the week before, and probably seventeen other times in the last Ooh. six months, mm. it might have hit me a little bit differently. Yeah. Uh, and, and, if, and if the lines could emote, that'd be great give it too. To you. Yeah. Well done for getting Wheel of Fortune in there. Bit of branding. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Great people. By a vow, please, Elton. Every time this chorus is played, Elton earns another $1.2 million. <laughs> <laughs> the price is right. <laughs> We're getting pulled. Deal or no deal. <laughs> We're getting pulled for YouTube for this. For sure. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, no. And the bots have reset. <laughs> The full circle of strife. Strife. A lot of people in strife in this episode. Oh, mate. So, Reese, I mean, you're on Abydos, you get a bit of Scara, you get a bit of talk about Anubis, he's attacking. Daniel shows up. All this shit is pre credits, mind you. Oh. Talking about hards. You're not wrong. I was like, when it it started, I'm like, Scara? Anubis is attacking Abydos? Daniel Jackson? (laughs) <laughs> what? It's a throwback to the movie. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh man, yeah. I mean, Jesus. The uh, the reveals in this. Mm. My first question was, why don't get the Asgard to help? No point. Well, so they're, unreliable. They're not. Mm. They're not doing anything with the replicators anymore. They're just kicking back, chilling. But uh, but nah, do it. Oh, the Abedonians are keen to help us. Oh well, say no more. We've got this covered. We've done it before. Easy. We killed Ra. Uh, the Asgard, just, the Asgard never return our calls though. Like we call them and then they never. Yeah. Return. yeah. Just so give Tilka just... bazooka. We'll be right. 
we know where they are, though. They're around that kind of unnatural planet where the Asgards are, right? Or at least there's one ship. Asgard. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah. no time at. There's temporal folds and, and time dilations. There's no time for that. Still adrift and shit. I mean, Abydos <laughs> is the closest place to get to, so we can just boop, pop over there. Mm. Yeah, I mean, when we Don't really want to, we can go to one of the one of the halls of Thor's Vite. Mm. But that's when you know we want to write that in. Oh, who needs to? <laughs> <laughs> Which this is an, a Robert T. Cooper episode. So it's a one that we didn't. One of the great <laughs> episodes. Oh, hang on, one of the great of, writers. Yeah, a little bit of convenience <laughs> here. Needs, what have we got here? Who needs to? <laughs> Who needs to go slumming with Yazgub when you've got an all-powerful Daniel Jackson? Yeah, that's true. Or was supposedly he though? <laughs> was he though? What did Tilk say? That is yet to remain to be seen yeah, or something. This, this was my favourite part. Um, can't you just zip into the wall and see if there's something on the other side? That's complicated. All-powerful uh, Daniel Jackson! Why is, it, why is that complicated? Because it's Cooper, mate. I thought it was just like religion. It's like, well, if God's all powerful, why can't he fix the bad stuff? He works in mysterious ways. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see for I can Daniel. go through walls that aren't made out of pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, see, so he's he's taken human form, so he's solid, so he can't he can't walk through it, guys. And it's so complicated, he can't even answer. Oh, it we, we what do you to... mean he's taken? But he can form. still disappear into thin air. Jack That's threw a shoe through him. Yeah. Yeah, well, why doesn't he teleport it behind the fucking wall? Because we needed something for Jonas to do. (laughs) (laughs) Stop trying to talk away bad writing. No, this is a damn near perfect episode. I fucking love this episode. Near perfect? Oh, I wouldn't... Don't know about that, but was that it. a good moment though for you? I guess when we talk about like Jonas needing something to do, but for you, Reese, who has a love Jonas, and I've come to really, I've come to forget why. I think I got sucked into <laughs> the hate of Jonas between my rewatches of SG One that I watched this season. I'm like, he ain't that bad. He okay. He's I thought okay. I thought you're on the way to saying I've come to love Jonas, but you're like I've come to not hate Jonas. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, what I had come is. to love him, but it, it had to come from a place of not hating him first. Yeah, yeah. To get right. back to like it's a nice progress. middle ground. It's but, purely that he's not Daniel. That's the that's, only reason but, I hate is he's not Daniel. There's a good sort of moment. So then you hate Tilk. No. Well, he's not Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> is that Jonas and they're trying to figure some shit out and he can't figure shit out. Like, it's just, you know, they, they, they do need Daniel's help, yes. But then Daniel comes in, he's not doing anything. He looks at Jonas using his tools. Like, what are you doing? He goes, mate, you're not using them anymore. I'm actually putting these to practical use. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was funny. Thing, you know? that, like Jonas, stuff? <laughs> he's actually acting on shit, and yeah, like Daniel does have to come and use his like ascension help because he knows everything. He's just like, nah, I don't want to say anything until the last minute. But I thought Jonas was doing everything Jonas could have possibly done in this episode. Mm, so. Well, and I mentioned yeah. it last yeah. week, the week before. This is one of my favorite Jonas things because it's up until this point, it's just been like Jonas has just been Daniel Light. Mm. But now that we've established Daniel <laughs> properly as like he's Diet Daniel, yeah, he's, Daniel, <laughs> he's Daniel Zero. <laughs> Daniel Zero Sugar. Yeah. So now that we've got Daniel actually actually actively sort of trying to help in his limited way that he can, it gives him a whole new sort of persona and element that then makes Jonas doing the archaeological stuff not feel so like he's trying to copy old Dr. Daniel Jackson. Yeah. So I almost wish that we'd had this kind of Daniel really early on, mm. like maybe before Abyss and, and all that kind of, obviously we couldn't have him disappear at the end like he did in this one. But yeah, I feel like if we'd established Daniel with this kind of agency really early on, it would have helped Daniel not feel like a carbon copy for me. And Jonas. just have him like this forever as an ascended being coming back. Yes, in. that would be awesome. I mean, if, if having to cop Jonas for this entire season to get to this episode, 
makes the whole thing worth it. See, I don't think Jonas is different in this episode. He's exactly the same. It's just that you've got a direct comparison now with him standing right next to uh, Daniel Jackson. Yeah, that's what I just said. I said, so because because Daniel is now not Dr. Daniel Jackson, he's ascended Daniel Jackson, and he's got all this ancient knowledge that he's willing to share. Because the last two times we've seen him in Abyss and Changeling, he hasn't really off... He's kind of been sneak... We don't know whether he's real or not real or whatever it is. Whereas this time, it's Daniel. He's here. He's helping with information and in any way he can, and he's willing to sort of bend and break the rules. So it separates him from that Dr. Daniel Jackson... So it may it gives Jonas that room to move in. I know. I'm not sure I understand what you're saying. I know what you're that's saying, okay. though, Reese. Is that he he's not any different than he ever has been. Yeah. So I don't. He's still Daniel Light in a way. If that's what we're calling him from episode <laughs> one to twenty-one. Yeah. He's still Daniel Light. So in Jonas episode... has always had that room to move in. It's just that you saw him from a different perspective now that that Daniel Jackson is not the original Daniel Jackson role that he was playing. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Well, that that's what I'm saying. Is they've broadened what Daniel... Daniel's not Dr. Daniel Jackson anymore. He's ascended Daniel Jackson. So it separates You can get him. the figurine. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, <laughs> really? It's yeah. a money grab. Yeah. Yeah. Comes, comes with a matching Anubis, which is kind of pointless because it's just like a black cloak. So by separating ascended Daniel from Dr. Daniel Jackson, it takes him out of the archaeologically... Yeah, you know, no, I get that, but pit. I don't understand why it makes you okay with Jonas because now. Because Maddie is a fan of Daniel <laughs> and you're a fan of Jonas, so let's move on. <laughs> Do you think the writers needed to have them both in the same episode before? Like, if, if we're saying whether it be yes, Robert C. Cooper or definitely. anyone else that's written Jonas this season, they, oh, they can't get out of... After five seasons of writing O'Neill, Carter, Tilk and Jackson, they get to this season, it's like... We're so used to the way that those four different personalities work. We'll just kind of make him... That's him with a different name, and it's yeah. Jonas. But I, they get to hear, it's like, hang on, we can't have two characters that are exactly, exactly the same. I, which is that they deviate them a little bit from that Daniel Jackson persona. But, yeah, you know. I think Daniel needed to hand the torch over to, to Jonas a lot earlier. Mm. And that's kind of what it felt yeah. like here. Especially with his, with his archaeological gear. It's like, is that my stuff? Yeah, you weren't using it. So it's like, that would have been a nice handover earlier. Yeah, so really then, early on. Then the audience is like, oh, okay, I'm yeah, cool Yeah, it's with like, that. oh, Daniel notices that he's using his shit, but Daniel, Daniel is so far care, beyond so there, he doesn't <laughs> care. So Why as an audience, we? we don't really care. It's like, okay, cool. We've got we've got uh, Daniel's blessing that the guy that yeah. was semi-responsible for his death, who's taken yeah. his position... Fully responsible. But anyway. <laughs> you say that he had moved on a little bit. I just thought there was, there was a, a real dive back into his old Dr. Daniel Jackson persona when they first got into the into the room and, and look, they're looking for that, that secret door, you know, passageway into the crypt or whatever. And he was just, you know, rattling off like ancient Egyptian and, and all, and, and ancient Abedonian sort of history and shit about where the wrath are. And I'm like, man, you're, you're in your element now. Yeah. It's like, you know, you've gotten out of the, the trenches, you know, you're not, you're not doing field work anymore. You're a doctor wearing a suit and tie, but then you're back there in the, in the, in the suck and you get your hands dirty. You're like, God, I've missed this shit. Like, yeah. even though he's ascended, you could tell that he just wanted to get a, and chisel and a brush in his hand and yeah. some he piece wanted of text. he wanted a do rag and a paintbrush. Yeah, like you would not believe. <laughs> so Daniel is back, but the person I felt most sorry for this episode was Carter. Oh, how dirty was she done in the briefing room, especially because she finds out that Jack and Tilt get visited by Daniel. She was the most upset when he died yeah. about the entire team, <laughs> and like, she was she never got visited by Daniel. She was literally yeah. the one saying to them, "You're acting like he's not even dead." Yeah, like you know, so why she, are you not mourning him? She took it harder than anyone. And then when they're in the tomb, she's like Daniel, and he's like Sam. Hey Sam, yeah, like, didn't yeah. even say hi. And just then, Sam, 
And then throws a I was Jer- like, and then throws wow. a Jonas as well. So it's like he's wow. good too with Jonas. She'd be freaking crying inside. <laughs> yeah, devastated. I, w- I want you to be dead. Yeah, right now. <laughs> hey Sam. Yeah. The only thing worse is if she. Hey Sam, up- you want to sh- you want to point your gun at that door? Good. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta yeah. do something, sweetheart. The fact that he he acknowledged her to the level of Jonas, like that's it. He's like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Like, Sam, you Jonas. were in the room. Like, oh. <laughs> that's but- why. And then um, he tells Sam about the whole ascension thing. The ancients, the, the ascended beings. Yeah. And he's like, you didn't tell Jack? And she's like, uh, no. Yeah. I, I would have liked, I should have grabbed all the sound bits that he spoke to Carter. Yeah. They're so condescending. Yeah, I wanted <laughs> Every her Every single time. She kind of gestured, but I feel like even Amanda Tapping wanted to be like, uh, we've been kind of busy. Busy. Like, I've been kind of busy here. Yeah. But apparently she was actually done dirty by the editors. Now, this scene actually was much longer uh, when the original, when, when I did my director's cut, when we shot the scene... There was a whole scene between Carter and, and Daniel where, um, and it was added because Amanda felt that when she first sees Daniel for the first time, that it's necessary for her to uh, re, uh, re-engage with him, like sort of reconnect with him. And, uh, and it's funny because there, the whole scene had to be cut out just because of time. We were nine minutes heavy when we finished cutting this, uh, wow. this show. It works without it. It's just that you're, you're missing that piece. And... Up until, like, I listened to the audio commentary, like, two days ago, I had no idea that even existed. That's something that you'd think would be on, like, the DVD extras or these days on, like, Stargate Command yeah, or something like that. Yeah, deleted scene. It's like, that's the kind of stuff the hardcore fans want to see. Mm. I want to see that episode. I mean, it's been, what, like, 15, 16 years since this episode came out. Mm. I, I want to see that scene. Yeah. I want to see what Daniel and Sam had to say to each other. I guess that's the difference now between TV, TV, and streaming TV, is that they would keep that in if they really liked it, if it was a streaming show, because, like, man, yeah. who cares? Time doesn't matter. Yeah. Time is irrelevant. Well, um, Seth- it's like a microphone at a Britney Spears concert. <laughs> <laughs> Completely irrelevant. <laughs> um, uh, Seth MacFarlane's sci-fi show, The Orville, uh, season three's been moved instead of because of the whole Fox-Disney merger thing. Yeah. So it's been booted from Fox and moved on to, I want to say, like, Hulu or yeah. one of those things. Oh, okay. So now they can do whatever runtime they want. They mm. don't have to tie it into, like, a 44-minute mm. broadcast sort of thing, so they can do extra Good, long 20 minutes in gonna, Yeah, 28 <laughs> minutes, thanks. <laughs> sort of, same paycheck, thanks. Discovery <laughs> did that. There was one of their episodes was, like, Ooh. 34 minutes or something like that, and I was Ooh. like, that's just lazy. That's just one. <laughs> Write an extra scene. <laughs> That's one. Thank you. It doesn't count as Star Trek. Come on, it's only Discovery. I love the idea that the Eye of Ra has been there in the pyramid the entire time. So we could have gone back eight years ago when the movie was created, yeah. kind of shone a red light at that beam, the door would have opened and we could have gone into that chamber and claimed the Eye then. Mm. What would we mean, do with it, but No, nothing. Put a, put it in a museum. Oh, right. But easier, it's just cool. Easy for him to get. It's like, yeah. kind of like a time travel thing. Cassandra's right. was... walking around it with his necklace. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> we're going to need that. <laughs> that was, um, Anubis um... is coming here now <laughs> to get that. That was something cool. I wish they'd expanded on more, because obviously this is something I referenced back in uh, Season five's The Tomb, when they were after the Eye of Tiamat. Yeah. And then we mentioned that, obviously, between The Tomb and now, even after we blew the, the ziggurat up, uh, Anubis has gone back and found that jewel because he had all what, five or seven of them or whatever they are to combine. Five, yeah. It yeah. was very, it was very like the start of 
Infinity War, like the first couple of minutes of this episode, <laughs> because yeah. they're like, Uh-oh. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, one. like Daniel comes along much like the Hulk and approaches O'Neill, aka Iron Man, goes, anyway, so there's this big guy coming, he's got Maybe death and destruction guy. coming, anyway, he's got so many of the of the six stones, but he had five of the six stones, yeah. I was like, oh, this is very, I mean, only because I watched it recently, it's very similar. Yeah. To so what I kind of wish Complete is... the set. Yeah. <laughs> All oh, six can be yours. Why don't they go back in time and cut Anubis' head off? <laughs> no, can't do it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I kind of wish... That's what happened in the Ascended. <laughs> yeah. I kind of wish, like, um, like, retroactively, it's like if the five different eyes, like, combine together Transformers style to become, like, a ZPM or something like that. I thought would be a really cool idea. But obviously ZPMs weren't really a thing yet. Well, I always assumed that he put it in his ship somewhere. Did we, we didn't even see that where he kind of slots it into position because mm. it makes his ship all powerful. Yeah, but like puts it into his chair. Like nowhere, he just puts it into his throne. And it's like, well, okay, yeah. well, where are and the other four? Where are the others? Very handy, it was a universal key as well. Yeah. Like, mm. you know. Well, it could have it could have been any hole, you know, male to female, bang. Like, technically, technology just doesn't change. Technically, Harak is now the most powerful person in the universe with that thing. Because if you notice, there was actually two different Eye of Ra props. So they made one, didn't like it because it looked too much like a hockey puck. So they made a second <laughs> one. So the one that O'Neill gives to Harak is the better prop, but the crappier prop is the one that Harak gives to Anubis. The big strepsil. Yeah, the big yeah, because oh, yeah, he pulls it out of that cake. kind of out the of the gold middle. bit. Yeah. yeah, and it looks like a big hockey puck. Uh, whereas the one that O'Neill had down on the planet is more like beveled and finished off and all that kind of mm. stuff. So um, make it that. O'Neill was on fire this yeah. episode. Oh, oh so Rack, is it, his introduction into this episode was a mu- my favorite sequence. I think of this in whole of this mm. entire episode, like when he just shows up and. Yeah, and O'Neill, his, his like it wasn't even like one line. I was listening to it going, "Oh, that's the line we would sample in our podcast." And it was like four, and I'm like, yeah. "We play this whole thing, but it'd be a two and a half minute grab." That's yeah. it. Like, on, just on fire. And yeah, to bring someone so random, like that's he was he was the guy from the other guys. Yeah, like, he was the bad guy from the other guys. No I mean, connection to Anubis right. giving whatsoever. Giving him so much lip. But <laughs> before bang. That. this was my favorite one though. I will speak with my master. Yes, you do that. Don't forget to tell him you screwed up again. <laughs> Is it really necessary to further antagonize him? Yes. <laughs> He's like, have we met? Of that, course it is. What's the worst that could happen? Him, the first Prime guy, reminds me of the human foot soldier in Warcraft 2. He's just like, yes, at once, sire. <laughs> just so over the top. Yes, me lord. <laughs> zug, zug. I love it when... Um, when they first get there, and O'Neill says, Tilk, set up a perimeter. I want to know the second we've got company. <laughs> and the yeah. way they find out is there's a massive explosion and shit rumbles. <laughs> and then Tilk's like, O'Neill, they're shooting at us. <laughs> well, that was like minutes did, later. Didn't you see them in orbit? Like, yeah. can't you tell me? But, like, but the uh, other thing was, was when they got into the when they got into the tomb, and then Carter and, and Jonas is just strolling around, when Tilk's out there and they're all getting shot at and O'Neill's like, all right, retreat back to the pyramid. Yeah. I'll come out and help you. So O'Neill goes out to help him shoot up and then Carter and Jackson and, and Jonas are just, just wandering Chilling. around. Oh, mm. I wonder, wonder what we can see around here. <laughs> it's all Daniel's fault too because all these people are dying and he's like, hmm, yeah. yeah. There's a way that I could... <laughs> I'm gonna go to help. I'm gonna go uh, beam myself over to Lord Yu and just get him to bring some ships over. Yeah, I'll be back in twenty. Yeah. Oh no, Omar's watching. Well, lucky she is, mate, because they all ascended now. <laughs> yeah. 
How is that for you, Reese? The fact that the, the you know reveal that the ancients are the ascended beings. So Omer is an is an ancient. Did you see that coming? No. no. That was that was pretty full on. Yeah. Well, what the the one that really blew my mind was Anubis was like. I'm one of you guys. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> he's like, he's like in, you know, half, half angel, half devil. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. He's Satan. So mm. yeah, so this is stuff we alluded to back in, um, uh, what was the one where Carter got stalked by the guy? Oh yeah. The ancient guy. Yeah. What was that one that called? That sexy episode. Yeah. So he's, he's an ancient. Stalker. That's, that's why he was able to build a Stargate in Carter's basement because his species are the ones that actually built the Stargates. Oh, he's an ancient. So he's an ancient and an ascended being. So, yeah, so is right. Omar. Obviously, yeah, um, Anubis tricked someone into, you know, helping him ascend. And they went, oh, we've, we've done it. We've done, we've done ourselves here. So he's like halfway between. So he's basically just like, almost like been dispersed, but he can't re can't retake human form. So he's basically just got like a, a personal force field around his essence to give him actual sort of physical form. And that's why he's yeah, because that, that's old... what in his ship when he when Daniel Jackson floated off like fairy dust, that wasn't that was Omar, was it that he was saying? Yes, and yeah, I don't know about you guys like uh, Mitch and Brendan, but it's like I never figured that out until like the next season or the season after, whenever it's sort of you actually find out what actually happened there. Oh, so I'm smarter than you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always assumed it was her because Anubis, for some reason, admits to his first prime, that wasn't me. See, yeah. so I, why would he do that? Yeah. I thought that was a really, I'm like, that, that could either just be a massive slip up yeah. in, in the way that you write the character, or it's a very interesting character development because I was thinking the exact same thing in that second between Hirak going, wow, yeah. you're all powerful, and Anubis answering. I'm like, mm. of course he'll claim it. And he's like, no, that wasn't me. Yeah. But yeah. this is. And I'm like, how arrogant are you to go, yeah, I'll admit that wasn't me, yeah. but I know how powerful yeah. I am, and now I'm even physically more powerful with this <laughs> yeah. shit. But I just yeah. found that, like, when has a guild ever admitted to not having yeah. something that people believe that they and have? For he, me, I just, every other guild we've ever met, even Anubis up until this point, you believe would have just rolled on with that. Mm. I found that a really interesting way to yeah. write. Even when he character. kneeled down, like, why are you kneeling? Uh, yeah. The first prime go. The thing, thing that I loved most about, or one of the most things about that scene was that, Herrock just shot his staff at Daniel and went straight, straight through. through. <laughs> and it wasn't like a hu a crazy, like, shot to s a close up shot of him, you know, opening up his staff weapon and shooting Daniel. It was just kind of like, as Daniel's walking, it's like, yeah. And then nothing was the ever said about going, it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that it's was like, so cool. It's like, it's like Anubis and Daniel are having their sort of like godly battle. And it's like, that's like an ant walking into the room for them. It's like, he's so. Just useless at that point. Like Daniel doesn't even blink at him. Should I leave or? <laughs> but yeah, I'm so feeling a little you think awkward. Think you try and like hit him with the stuff or something. <laughs> well, for me, that's that's Jesus. the one problem with the noob is is they obviously try to do something a really different. But because you can't see his face, apparently what was supposed to happen is when. For me, the way it was done, it's like when Daniel does his like glowy light thing and Anubis raises his hand. He kind of looks like he's kind of deflecting it or whatever, mm. but mm. It, the way it was written was he was supposed to be scared. He was actually sort of cowering. Yeah, I got and that. And then it was Omer that came in at the last minute, but because you can't kind of see his face, he's, he was actually supposed to be really, really scared at the moment. And this is one of the things I love in the audio commentary is um, Martin Wood just giving it to uh, Robert C. Cooper about it. Now this, I had imagined that this would be something completely different than it is, and... Uh, what the story point that's missing, and this is what I mean, when when you can't see Anubis's face, you can't see that he's actually afraid of what Daniel can do here. He puts his hands up, 
the energy spins back. Daniel says, don't do this, and gets sucked away. Then Anubis has a line that says, uh, that wasn't of my doing. But the story point is missed. You know? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. It was actually almost that sucked him away. And everybody thinks that it's, uh, it's, shut up. You can't make jokes like that on DVD. Um, there's, uh, the story point is, is missed completely. That was the, like, director of photography or something like that he was talking okay. to that was doing the um, commentary thing. I thought it played into the into the storyline, though, when, when especially when he when Jackson said, oh, please don't do this, I thought he was talking to Anubis. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. And then I, I thought that played into it well. And then you're like, oh, shit, Anubis is more powerful than Jackson and they've built him up to be this thing. And then that's when Anubis goes, yeah, it wasn't me. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah <laughs> for so, me, he, so he was saying, don't do this to Omar. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. only for the audience's sake. Yeah. That line, it wasn't. It wasn't because Anubis didn't care about his Jafar knowing that he wasn't all powerful. Yeah. See that 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 extra little like that recognition that Anubis was scared would make that line so much more palatable for me because it would have been mm. like holy shit, like he's still like coming down from being holy mm. shit. I'm I'm half ascended, but I'm also about to be destroyed. And for a moment there, he was he was fearful. And then he's even more fearful because an even more powerful character just whisked away the character that was powerful enough to beat him. Like, he mm. would have been just a little bit shitting himself. So that would make that line, the fact that he, yeah, did admit to his, his underling that he didn't do that um, a little bit more. You're the only one but... I can be honest with. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, Rack. <laughs> but yeah, I've got no when, one else in my life. <laughs> when Daniel did that, like, Obi-Wan, like, that glow up, I was, like, 40 yeah, hard yeah, the first time I saw that. Like, him just glowing up, really, like, powering up like he's... Goku or something I'm just like oh my god and then he's whisked away and I'm just like well my penis just inverted because it was such a disappointment because you're just like oh yeah. man I think I'd remembered it differently I thought I remembered that they did have like a like even a couple of seconds worth of a tussle before some, like that he was taken oh, away yeah. like a little bit you know we you know that moment in Revenge of the Sith where Anakin and Obi-Wan do the force to each other and it's that moment where they're both like yeah. holding it like I expected that like Daniel's energy Anubis's energy that been cool. just for a second and then mm. him whisked away but I guess that probably plays well and much better that he was going to be he was going to destroy Anubis but then he was taken away by and, and I like that energy just to be you know flowed backwards that was such a cool looking effect yeah, yeah. I think I think they could have done more of that but they ended up diverting their budget to something else very Cooper-esque Was it the ship <laughs> crashing at the start? No. No, that's just <laughs> classic that was a Cooper. Great yeah. battle scene. It was um mm. Yeah, that was sick the tilt bit. The, like that Running shot towards oh, the camera. Oh, it's the so running good. bazooka shot. Oh, before, yeah. oh just that was great. Talk about ten out of ten hours. <laughs> yeah. Mate, I was thinking about you that moment where, like, he was there, like, you know, he's undercover, and then he just stands up, walks out with a rocket launcher, like Arnie and T two. He's like, "Come get some, boom!" And just and it like misses too, like. Yeah. <laughs> and that that last bit where Tilt kind of almost like stumbles a little bit yeah, from the blast. So and yeah, that was sick. That was actually Chris Judge breaking character and being like, "Holy." F- this flame is too close and started oh, really? running even faster. That's even better. But yeah, yeah. it worked so much. They're like, no, nah, we're keeping that. Yeah, was that, that was actually sick. a real explosion? Yeah, he mm. was in that shot. That was all that done was as funny. well. It, it looks so I loved good, it because it showed how, it obviously showed how big the blast was yeah. that it killed those other two guys behind him. <laughs> yeah. And it yeah. made him stumble and then go, yeah. oh, sh-, but he stayed up and kept going. I'm here yeah. to save I'm you, like, but I presume you're dead. dead. I'm going to keep running. No. Yeah. <laughs> save yourself. <laughs> but no, the... Um, <laughs> If you were part of SG1, I'd come back for you, but you're not. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. You're just a native to this planet. <laughs> Plenty of Abedonians around. I've killed so many of you before, you don't even realize. <laughs> <laughs> 
to the graveyard, to the graveyard over there. All because of me, mate. Yeah. All because of me. Ten I've got my own section in that <laughs> graveyard. <laughs> And that's just my section. section, not to mention my dad. <laughs> but no, the shot that they um, sort of blew their load on was the destruction of the pyramid right at the end. That kind uh, of yeah. that sort oh, yeah, of progressive. That, that was yeah. a mini, wasn't it? Yeah, that was they a pra- that was a practical pyramid, like a miniature that they built. It was about yeah. probably about three or four feet tall. Cost them one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Really? To blow to build it, some blow it up, paper mache. I'll build you one. <laughs> Yeah, but you can't afford the C4 that they use. That's $149,000. Just a few firecrackers in there. Well, something like in the... Like the odd volcano science project in school. You coke with some Mentos in it. Well, it's funny you say that. In uh, one of the special features on the DVD, they mentioned that it was match heads filled... Oh, no, ping pong balls filled with match heads. Mm. Is what... A lot of that was like to get that explosion look. I'm like, I've seen that in Thailand. <laughs> you pay big money for that, I think. <laughs> Absolutely, big Thailand money, forty bucks Australian. <laughs> but um, but yeah, you'll have to get used to that. That's shot. Uh, eighty dollars American for the international <laughs> listeners. <laughs> So yeah, Reece, you have to get used to that shot because like they paid so much money for it. It's literally in every opening credits for the rest of the series. Yeah, like it's like that's their shot. That They're like, sick. we're keeping that. There's a couple of shots in this in this episode that become part of the um, credits roll, don't they? Ah, uh, yeah. There's a few actually. Yeah. I think maybe even Tilk's like sort of stumble might even really. Yeah, I think that might have been there as well. Yeah, it just is. to remind Judge every week when he sits down to watch his finished product. Going, yeah, I get oh, out of actually, I jumped on conversion.com. It was actually twenty dollars for that ping pong American race. Oh, yeah. 20 American Jeez, 20 American Oh so good ah. It's 30 pounds The main thing I didn't like About this episode Is that It had a happy ending Despite All the Cool shit There was no stakes For me The The part where Scarra dies Was such a huge moment mm. And then when he ascends It was kind of cool But After the episode I'm like well why, why, why was I so excited then? Yeah, it's one of those sort of bittersweet things I find. It's like in the moment, it's like holy fuck, Scara ascended. Yeah, and then when Omer ascends, every single Abaddonian yeah. on the planet, she's like, That's... Oprah, not Omer. You are ascending. You get <laughs> ascension. You get ascension. Everybody gets ascension. <laughs> yeah. Can my it... soccer ball come? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, she ascended the Malp when we finally, when we finally. Oh, no, you don't bring a soccer ball. We had a football, mate. Yeah. You can come along. Don't call soccer here in Abydos. Get yourself a steeden, mate, and you're in the Guys, world game. She ascended the universe game. She ascended the Malp, so it's like when we finally dial back to Abydos and come yeah. through, and everything's clean and pretty. There's a Malp sitting in the gate. Didn't room want to waste, waste your hundred fifty grand. Yeah. <laughs> then they can go, we have it back. Have what yeah. back? Damn it. Then they go out and have their chat with Scara as everything disappears. But then as it turn around, the pyramid's gone and it's just the Stargate left. So yeah. like that she Malp stole their Malp. Yeah, she stole their Malp. So that's We've got a, rations on that. Because that's the, the thing that it annoyed me about it is because it kind of takes away as to why Daniel was able to ascend. Yeah, because, it does cheapen it a little bit. Because he does the whole, you know, the, the meal was cooked a long time ago episode. Mm. Yeah, And then now all of a sudden it's just... Anyone can be ascended. Yeah. Well, and the whole... Release your burden. Well, you, you have to be invited. It's like uh, stonecutters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's like... That annoyed you me. To, someone has to invite you. He spent the entire... No whole mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> he spent the entire episode, like, releasing his burden back in Meridian to be able to ascend. And it's like, then they mentioned Skara releasing his burden. But it's like, as that giant beam comes down to destroy the entire 
planet, do you think every Abedonian had a, had a chance to release their burden? Yeah, I would have Like in that so. split second, it's like, mm, oh, oh, my cows will be dead. There'll be, there'll be <laughs> plenty of burden released when they saw that explosion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was that? That was burden being released out of my ass. Shit. Shat themselves was what I'm trying to get yeah, at. Yeah, I get it. One of the cool... Um... <laughs> I mean, I went the long way, but... <laughs> One of the cool little um, additions uh, to the uh, Abedonians is in that very, very first scene when Scara's running in and you see Daniel in there in front of the like the Abedonian council. It's not the main woman, but if you have a look over on the right-hand side, there's a woman and like a young boy sitting there. So that woman is Thomasina Gibson. She's actually the writer of the Illustrated Companions that we've been reading for the last oh, three or four Thomasina. seasons. So because she'd been writing those and... and Mum and being... Dad were going to call Reese that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out they wanted a girl. <laughs> Thomasina. So um, because she'd been visiting set and all that kind of stuff, getting all the information for these books, they decided to put her in because they thought this was going to be the last episode. They Even as this was filmed, they didn't know they were getting a new season, so they, oh, they thought they were wrapped. Right, so I was going to ask that because there's a lot of what we now know because they go on for another couple of seasons set up. There's a lot of stuff where I'm like, wow, they wouldn't be writing this if they thought it was the series mm, finale. But are they, is this still in the boat? Like, oh, we're going to finish it with a movie. movie. We're going to yeah. finish yeah. it with a movie. Listen to this, Mitchie. This, this show was written as possibly the last episode before the movie. It looked, and it looked like it for a while. It looked like it for a long time. And, and we actually wrapped the show before we found out we were coming back for year seven. Where? Um, so what was happening here was the show had to be set up so that we could go right into the movie if we needed to. This tablet actually sets us up for year seven or, in fact, the movie. It was a big deal. I mean, a, a lot of people, We at the end of the year, no, nobody knew whether to say goodbye to each other or not yeah. because we'd been together for seven years. Nobody wanted to say goodbye if hmm. we were coming back for, uh, sorry, for, for six years, if we were coming back for a seventh year. I guess that makes sense with how much of a role Daniel plays. Like, I wonder how limited his role would have been compared to what he ended up playing if they knew they were coming back next year because mm. they haven't relied on Daniel for entire episodes. He's been a bit player. You know, the biggest role he's played so far was when he first revealed himself when Jack was in Baal's, you know, prison. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, it's just like, he's just there. He's there. You know, we know that he's around, but he doesn't play any role because Shanksy's off doing theater work or whatever. Whereas this, like he's, he's the catalyst for the episode. He's the MacGuffin. So yeah, yeah that's interesting. That's really yeah. interesting. Like having just watched the episode and there's so much build up for season seven. Like to think they would have tried to wrap up that entire series storyline or season storyline in a two-hour telly movie. Yeah, well, it's it kind of insane to think. It about. basically would have been Lost City. The finale for next season yeah. would have been the movie that mm. was originally going to be. The I movie. wonder how much storyline work would have been like between this this episode and the movie. It's like, oh, and we've found this, and we've found yeah. this. It's like, whereas now we get a little bit of breathing room. It's pretty for much the- what the arc of truth is. That yeah. kind of abbreviated. Yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, much like back in season three when they kind of finished up Scara's storyline, the Scara Chlorel sort of thing, because he was unavailable because he'd gotten a regular gig on another show. One of the other reasons they did this episode as well is they lost that desert. So that desert was actually getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller because of too many Abedonians. <laughs> well, it was just the it soccer was fields are refu- bringing in refugees. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was being um, built up and developed, so there's more and more like high rises around it and buildings and all that kind of stuff. So that desert location was getting smaller. It's all where is that? Like, like uh, that's in Vancouver. The, the desert location. That little desert location, it? yeah, was wow. in um, was in Vancouver, very close to the GVRD where they shoot all the pine trees. Really? Yeah, which they in I think by season eight they kinda lose that as well because it's all kind of being developed and God, torn down and like Leave kind of Canada stuff. alone, guys. Right. I mean this is fifteen years after the fact, but yeah. it's beautiful. So I think that's also why they kind of 
we don't see the desert much anymore after this because they just don't have one to shoot on. Like it just, they just it wasn't available to them. Oh man, we got plenty here in Australia. <laughs> the Gibson ma- Desert, absolutely great. One of the great deserts of Australia, the Simpson Deserts. Oh, not God. as great, but not no. as great, but very entertaining. I think, I think bigger, but not as great. Yeah, big is not always better, is it? Absolutely. Did anyone else think Daniel's plan was so stupid? Yeah. His idea that... It's a classic Daniel plan. He tells... he <laughs> tells or not, he's dumb. Yeah. He tells the system lords... What about lords, if I just give you what you're after? All right. <laughs> do you promise yeah, right? not you to promise. do the bad thing, bad guy? As long as you promise. <laughs> give me a word. I'm like, what makes you think he's worth... <laughs> One, he has a word. Or two, that it's yeah. worth... Cool. He's like, okay. <laughs> All right, hang on. You're just going to go down and get it and give it to me. All right, do it. Yeah, okay. Hey, promise you me. won't kill him? Yeah, I promise. I'm going to wipe are you my serious? hands. Is this serious? <laughs> wow, what a fucking idiot. I mean, if you're What are you going to do now? Of course, destroy the planet. I'm a noobus. Hello, villain. <laughs> the bad guy. Why Fuck would them. I want the most all-powerful weapon in the known galaxy if I wasn't going to do some bad shit hey, with it? Daniel can fly Hataks. He doesn't know how powerful they are. He thought 12 of you's Hataks would be able to stop Anubis and from And they would have. Originally, it would have been a great plan. Like, because yeah, he told the system lords. Except if he hadn't given him yeah. the Eye of Ra, which boosted up his so shit. so stupid. Yeah, they yeah. said it would make him 10 times more powerful. And he's already the most powerful And Daniel gave lord. them that information. <laughs> yeah, he, he knew. Gave, it, he was the only one that gave, he gave the system lords the information. He gave SG one the information, mm. and then but when- they had the lost city tablet, mate. Oh, yeah, they got to rush there. They got to figure out where it is. Next minute, rush there, yeah. and then I figure think- out if there's something that might be able to help them. It is El Dorado. He's <laughs> oh, allergic yeah. to gold. Uh-huh. <laughs> turns out, yeah, turns out it's just a ruined city. Yeah. Oh well. Well, the rest of the universe is getting blown up. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit of a, a backhander to like everyone in his life, really, because it's like. Jack captured by Baal, getting ready to die. He's like, "Oh, I can come. I'm here. I can. I can't really do anything, but I can help you ascend." And then, like you know, Braytac and um, Teal are dead, like almost dying. He's like, "I'm. I'm here to help you." Doesn't offer them ascension because they can't. Yeah. He thought he couldn't. They can't because they're Jafar. He's like, "I'm just here to, you know, to help." The Abedonians are in trouble. Oh, f- red alert! Here we go. All break you know, the rules. You don't understand, <laughs> Jack. I lived with them for over a year. I yeah. became part of their culture. <laughs> You're part of our team for yeah. six years, mate. It's different. And then something that really <laughs> broke my heart that I realised because I love this episode so much, I've I've I couldn't help myself. I've been going forward and watching some more of season seven because season seven is like my favourite season. And in three or four episodes' time, we find out about Orpheus and what's going on there. So do you remember that one, Brendan? That's the yeah. Matrix. No, that's Morpheus. This is Orpheus. Sure do, buddy. It's my favourite show. Yeah. So um, if you think about it, you... sliders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you know about. Orpheus, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk really bland here, so I don't spoil anything for Reese. But everything that happens in Orpheus, Daniel knew about right now. Yeah, I know. And said nothing about it. We'll bring it up in Orpheus so that Reese can talk about it as well. But I'm like, when I realised that, and I only put those two things together during like this rewatch, I was like, it kind of broke my heart a little bit. I'm like, Daniel's doing all this stuff, and there's some other stuff he could have told them about, but didn't. Mm. And I'm like, ouch. <laughs> Of course, like, that's oh, classic Daniel. It hurt. It what hurt um, I thought Omer was an absolute bitch at the end. She has ascended all these Abedonians and she could have made them live on any planet she wanted, but they, she gave them a fucking desert again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Why right? not give them a paradise? I was thinking the exact same thing. You'll still get sunburnt to shit, but yeah. hey, you, at least you're it's still sort of no alive. Food. What? Give them some trees for 
fuck's sake, some shade to sit under. A waterfall. At least there's some soccer posts. Yeah, the biggest nitpick I had with this was that Scar ascends, but his clothes stay there. Uh. But his wig goes with him. <laughs> oh, what the hell? Do you know what would have been? It's clearly a wig. Do you know what would have been yeah, awesome? More than ever, it was a wig in yeah. this. Do you know what would have been awesome? And I wish this would be like a bonus feature is when they all come back, every single uh, Abaddonian, when they come back, they're all wearing Daniel's ascended sweater. Oh, How good would that be? Just the- it's level one of ascension. You, know, you get yourself a new bland-looking sweater. So how much story are we meant to believe happened since the last time we heard about the, the, the system lord sort of makeup? Because the la- like, my memory going into this was that like Lord Yu was opposing Anubis, but he'd kind of rallied the troops. And then mm. when Anubis is here in orbit, and then Yu shows up with, what, 11 other motherships... And then Anubis, you know, just sort of looks to the audience and gives you a bit of exposition. He goes, I see that you finally rallied the other system lords against me. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what the? I feel Where like was... that was important. Like, this is a cool little, <laughs> it was a cool moment for this episode to go, oh, shit, they're all here. Oh, shit, they're against him. Yeah. Well, it was only last week um, in Prophecy when we found out that they were all working for him. Like, yeah. when it's like, oh, Mott works Baal for Baal like, yeah. and Baal is now working for Anubis Anubis, and you is the only one not working for him. Yeah. So it's like it almost would have made more sense if that was just Yu's fleet, not the System Lord fleet. Yeah. Like, and he he didn't need the backing of the System Lords. Mm-hmm. You could have just done that on his own. I think the big thing was oh, they've got um, a shitload of motherships, and then, like Daniel says, you'll never beat that many motherships. And then mm-hmm. he's like, push the button, boom. Yeah, but <laughs> I was thinking, okay, he did it. <laughs> that, that could have been yeah. just used personal fleet. They didn't have to be. They didn't have to say that he had like the full support of all the system lords. When last week, it's like, oh no, all the system lords are following An- Anubis, mm. and you's the only one that's been like, "Fuck you, buddy." Mm. Yeah, because so, yeah, it, it does. Weird... It takes away from the introduction to Bar when they're trying to make Anubis a system lord again. Because mm. after that, you never see him as an active system lord. In a way, he's yeah. just his own rogue. It's a state. bit clunky. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit clunky. Yeah, yeah, so why did he have to be a system lord? He, yeah, mm. he didn't. Yeah. But um, yeah. I did love, it was so like Stargate the way, like when Anubis is attacking, it's like all the ways that we love. So it's like there's gliders and Alkesh and stuff coming in. There's also ground troops being dropped. The Stargate's active, like, so they can't gate out. And then on top of that, there's Jafar like ringing in yeah. to the gate room as well. I'm just yeah. like, the first time I watched it, I'm mm. like, we're Mm. Yeah, it's 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 like the end of Endgame where it's like Captain America's just standing there against you know Thanos's entire thing, and you're just like, well, we're boned. That's yeah. it. We're absolutely f- we can't get out of this. And the point where they did have like one of the surely the first time in a long time, if not ever, where they are backs to the wall, and you got Harak and his people going give us the weapon. He's like, nah, no, nah, we're going to hold off. And then they end up just giving him the weapon, going, you know, you're not supposed to kill us, right? Like, please walk mm. away. Like they couldn't get out of that situation like every other time we've seen them in that situation they've either fought their way out or had some of the help come and then they've sort of pushed through that line and no they, they, they were done they were they, they lost they had to give up that weapon and, and that's what i find so fascinating about it being potentially the series finale even mm. if they were going to have a movie was that no no the bad guy got everything he wanted you know yeah, and think, killed yeah. his opposition yeah. you know? in a way mm. i think daniel shouldn't have even bothered telling jack about this because the way that Jonas, Carter, and Daniel had to figure out how to get into that tomb, mm. into the hidden chamber, as if old mate's going to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. The Jeff first prime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's going to be like, eh, it's not here, dude. Yeah. Yeah, Anubis could have, though. Anubis could have Anubis could have that knowledge. Like, he could have had the knowledge of where it is. 
hey, you need this red light. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. There's like, what we don't know is there's actually like little infrared beams built into every single hand device just yeah. for aiming purposes. Well, that's what I was assuming, <laughs> laser point that's what I was assuming it was for that, for the hand device to put your kind of your hand up. Yeah, it could be. Oh, that's what I was going to say. What what red light would they have used? Mm. Yeah, the hand device. That's what I always assumed. Yeah, right. Yeah, it could be. And it's just like, it's not, not really safe, is it? It's just any red just light. Skeleton key. Like, oh, have you got some red cellophane? Because <laughs> I've got a torch. Yeah. <laughs> like it, like how does that? I assume how does that work red. out? How yeah. does that work out? What color it is? Yeah. Lucky that From we've got spectrum. the P, lucky we've got the P nineties that have that laser pointer. Like, yeah. Because other machines, yeah. and I think even the P ninety in later times has like it has a green one as well. I think it has a red and a green. I think um, I'm colorblind, mate. Both look the same. Yeah. <laughs> in Daniel's kit, he has a little like a clicker, a mouse clicker, for when he does presentations. <laughs> <laughs> like in the a movie. laser laser pointer laser pointer. Uh, I did like, there was one really nice touch and I Thanks. I didn't notice He's it. He's a nerd. <laughs> it's in his kit with his brushes. Yeah. Yeah. Jonas has it. There was one little nice touch I liked and I didn't realise it until you listen to the commentary, but when Daniel does appear back in that sort of little hidden room when they're sort of having their standoff and he's telling them to give up the eye... And it cuts outside to Herak and his guys, and it's like this really long shot sort of looking in. Daniel's not there. And so Martin Wood was saying it's like, well, Daniel is only appearing to SG-1. So none of the Jafar can actually see him. He's only appearing to them. I never noticed that. Yeah, no, me neither. It was only when I... Because it's such a long shot, and there's, you know, they only take up the tiny bit of the frame. But yeah, if you look in... He would, he would actually, you should be able to see him in that shot, but you can't. So that was something they specifically did, which A is cool. Shanks, he was just in his trailer. I'm not coming out. <laughs> well, A, it's cool, but B, it also Again. then, it also adds a little bit of an issue to the, oh, I can't, I can't pass through walls. It's like, well, yeah. you're not human solid form. No, he can pass through walls. It's just complicated. He's just, well, he just he's not allowed. Yeah. yeah, That's what I got out. He's just, he's not allowed. It's complicated. Like, same reason he can't. Attack Anubis because mm. he's going to get stopped. But yeah. he can ne- negotiate between the two. Yeah, he mm. can he can appear that... to SG One in the room, but not appear. How how weird would that be? It's mm. like he only appears to one. Per- Imagine if we're sitting here and only one of us can see Daniel Jackson in a f- robe standing in the corner. That'd be f-ing creepy, wouldn't it? Herak, For the person who saw him, Herak, like, could, yeah. Herak could see him. Why did he need Herak to see him when he's talking to Anubis? Oh yeah, true that. How you know? Yeah, <laughs> so that he could get shot with a staff block. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that was a cool shot. That's so he doesn't do anything, mate. Didn't, I already know you're going to shoot me. Didn't want Anubis to look like he was crazy talking to himself. Herak's <laughs> like, Master, are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah, shut up, idiot. <laughs> talking to this guy in the robe. What guy? <laughs> this guy right here. Yeah. <laughs> Master, I can't see anyone. Are you crazy? He's standing right in front uh, of me. Master, you're I... the guy in the robe. He's <laughs> <laughs> in <laughs> the white robe, not <laughs> the black robe. <laughs> shut up. He's in a good guy robe. I'm in a bad guy robe. Complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a bad guy, right? Oh shit! I have a um, Netflix documentary I want to recommend to everybody. Oh, the um, this this Chernobyl. Is... Oh. Ooh, what a thought, so <laughs> This one's called Death Dive to Saturn, and it's on the Netflix Australia. I'm not sure if it is everywhere else. It's a probably PBS documentary of the Cassini spacecraft that has just finished its mission to Saturn. Mm. Now the, the cool thing about Already the spacecraft, seven yeah, just from the get go, that took off at, in 1997, so the same year that SG One was created. Convenience, coincidence? I don't think so. <laughs> What's that word? That one. 
<laughs> so it took seven years to get there in 2004. Now, the cool thing that I found most interesting about the spacecraft is that it actually has a star map installed on its navigation computer. So in essence, it's using the stars, the constellations, to find its position in its space. Remind you of something? Oh, God. Not what? Ten hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just asking you. It reminds you of something. I mean, that's solid technology for 97. So that was cool. But then I also have a, um, a clip here I want to show you. Now, this is Titan, one of Saturn's 62 moons. And this guy in the clip is talking about lakes of Titan. Sometimes it'll rain. And when it rains on Titan those raindrops are going to fall slower than we might expect, and they're going to make large splashes. Because the gravity on Titan is one-seventh that of Earth, similar to what the astronauts felt on the moon's surface. And finally, because we have this colder, denser atmosphere, sound travels faster than it does here on Earth, and the sound of the waves would be coming to us more compressed and perhaps be perceived as slightly pitched. My voice itself will sound a little bit more what? alien and complex, <laughs> but I hope you're holding your breath. Because while Titan's atmosphere is predominantly nitrogen, just like Earth, there is very little to no oxygen to speak of. And if you can visualize all of this, I'd like to welcome you to the shores of a lake on Titan. So if you go to Titan, guys, if you could breathe, you sound like a goa'ul. That was a long payoff. I'm seeing through that first half so going, good. This has got to be a that's one for Brendan. What the f*** does this have to do about Stargate? And then next minute, it's a f***ing Gould voice. And I'm like, I'm sold. I'm in. I'm totally in. <laughs> What's it called? Don't doubt me, mate. Uh, the death dive to Saturn. Because they eventually, once it runs out of fuel, they crashed it into the into the gas giant. So we didn't contaminate any potential life on the moons. How sick is that? Wow. What, what if the... there's gas beings on Saturn? One of them just got squished. Yeah. And you're like, that's yeah, our queen. No, it broke up in the atmosphere. So cool. Jesus. Here's a bit of a dick move in NASA. Whenever they finish with something, they're like, just crash it on that nearest it, thing. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Why not just keep it in the orbit? Because it can contaminate the moons if it crashes. And then it loses all Plenty orbit. of things in our orbit. Yes, but we don't care about Earth. There's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a race we've established that. <laughs> we've got Mars as a backup. Yeah, don't worry about it. We're working on it. I wonder how long until they get over Mars. You know, it's like the moon. And it's like, oh, yeah. Well, you know, last week, it's been, can you f***ing believe it's been 50 years since we've been on the moon? And yeah. we kind of gave up after about nine. Yeah. 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 Oh, nah. Conquered, bang, let's move yeah. on. We brought back some moon rocks, so what? And it'll be like, oh, we brought back some red rocks, so what? Yeah. It's like, guess let's keep pushing on. It's like, no, no, no. Let's look, they're right next to us. Sure, they're months and months away, but some of them, but come on. That shit's cool. That satin stuff. Yeah. Not to go and watch that. It's a nice recommendation. Yeah. The only reason they went back to the moon is to get Neil Armstrong's boots back because he left them. Did there. He? <laughs> Silly he left boy. Them wondering there. what happened. Uh, Come back bare feet, and they're like, "Oi, where's your? Oh, I forgot him. <laughs> Wanted to left my <laughs> real left footprint there. <laughs> left him at home. There's left a modern the day moon. telling of Cinderella story worth telling. <laughs> God, yeah. like going all the way to the moon to get his fucking shoes to make sure they fit. But what? Wouldn't he have been a leak in the suit then if he's boot camp? No, or duct tape. Yep. Yeah, good call. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> There's no gravity, so it didn't. The, the poisonous air. air <laughs> poisonous air didn't go up his suit. The air didn't go down through his leg. Sure. Because there's no gravity. Oi, <laughs> <laughs> well. Wow. Imagine you standing on the moon and you took a piss. That's, I was literally yeah. just about to say, <laughs> honestly. 
I was waiting for boot chat to stop. And we've, thought, and we've come full circle no. back to bodily well, function. Like, he goes, like Buzz is there going, oi, we better get back up to the third bloke that no one remembers. Um, Whatever his name is. I think is. his name was Michael, first or last, I'm actually not sure. And yeah. um, I don't know that for a Pretty fact. Pretty sure it wasn't. Me. Yeah, Buzz probably Lightyear. not. I'll look it up in a minute to prove myself wrong. I can't wait. But he walks over to like the edge of a big crater. He's like, yeah, let's be here in a sec. Just look at this. Whoa. What a uh, what a view. And just like takes, takes a piss that's still floating there right now, 50 years later. They're like, how far can you piss? Well, let me show you. <laughs> I just pissed 37 metres. This motherfucker just orbited. <laughs> it's still going to this day 50 years later. He gets back to the ship and Buzz is like, you wouldn't believe it. Just a bunch of moisture just hit me in the face. I just, crazy, there's water oh, in the mood. Oh, is it? What? What? Yeah, yeah write that down. Yeah, tell everyone. Does it Michael like Collins, shit? Mitch, is oh, the guy. Oh, crunch. Oh, there you go. Wow. Isn't he an author? He's Phil's brother. Doesn't he write romance novels? I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> Well, Although that was the cool thing that they never really touched on about the Apollo 11 mission. That that guy went, had to orbit the moon while those guys were there, mm. but he lost contact with Earth. So for 45 minutes, oh my god, every orbit, nah. he was alone, alone. Imagine the first time that <laughs> it's happens. Probably like, buzzing. His missus was calling finally. him. <laughs> 45 minutes, she couldn't get in touch. He's like, this is. Bliss. You're, you're, for the longest time, he just did tours, like speaking, you know, speaking roles. And he's like, he goes, anyway, so yap, yap, yap. I had to go to the far side of the moon just to get a bit of body peace and quiet. It only it only took him five minutes to get around the far side of the moon, but he stayed there for an extra 40 yeah. each time. I'm going to risk He wasted death. fuel <laughs> slowing down. Like, I'm, obviously that would have been, like, expected. You're on the far side of the moon. You're going to block off signal reception, all that with that with NASA. But my Christ, is that the most scared any human being has ever been in the history of human yeah, right? life? Oh, Where you are the by most yourself, isolated place ever, floating in a box of metal in 1960 fucking nine. Honestly, the fact that we shot anything out of orbit, anyways, is yeah. incredible. And he loses contact with the planet. Yeah, he can't see it. He can't hear it's it. Dark, and it's not like. <laughs> It's not like a matter of a couple of, a couple of minutes where you're counting down. It's three quarters of an hour each time yeah. he orbits. Like you'd be Thank sitting you. there shitting yourself. Like, oh man, if something goes wrong, like just Michael, don't touch anything. Yeah, yeah. and it's <laughs> not like, like you'd like, immediately oh, die if he, yeah. if he went off course. Like he'd just be floating out there forever until yeah. <laughs> he starves to death. Might pop on the Event Horizon. <laughs> One of the great movies. Oh, uh, what other books do I? Oh, I've read them all. Lawrence Fishburne. I'll just have a quick drink and. <laughs> oh shit! 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 It's one drop of coke goes into the machine. It's everything. Yeah, so cool. It's time for the get in the gate. Harry mailbag. I want to start this one off with the iTunes review. They waste precedence in the mailbag because they, right. they do service to us get the word out for the podcast five star review here oh. from barnold b from the uk barnold barnold hello barnold. mate b arnold no it's definitely barnold each week the gang watch and review another episode of stargate sg1 but they do it in a way nobody has ever covered in 25 years of stargate if you love stargate miss the excitement you felt watching it the first time listen to this if you love Stargate, but no, they sometimes f***ed up, listen to this. <laughs> for the faint-hearted, not for the faint-hearted, but bloody hilarious. Keep it up, boys. Thanks. Barnold. 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 Boom. 
I've uh, uh oh, I've got one here from Zoe. Zoe, oh, same Zoe, Zoe, different Zoe, patron. Yes, thankfully the good, it's it's the good Zoe. If everyone remembers the the other Zoe was the one. No who, one remembers except. Wasn't a huge fan of uh, of the podcast. <laughs> oh, that German horse. In recent, no, this is going even further back. Remember that girl that didn't want you on the podcast anymore? Oh, uh, mate, I don't remember what I had for dinner last night. <laughs> Mainly because I was drunk as. It was, it was our first hate mail. We devoted an entire podcast to it. Yeah, no. ten cans of bourbon. Remember, I remember. The one who, remember the one who said I was gay? Bye. So, <laughs> So now we've got a nice Zoe that says, Hey boys, uh, I started listening to your podcast on May the 30th and have just finished catching up on all 129 episodes. It's not even two months. So Zoe sent this through on July 5th. So between May 30th and July 5th, she listened to 129 episodes of our bullshit. She says, one of my older brothers got me into all things Geek, Stargate and Lord of the Rings. Yes. Being the main two. Absolutely. I'm also a classical musician, so tend to be considered all things nerd, but I was also... Oh, hello. Here we go. This is one for the Gibson Brothers, but I was also a cheerleader for the Canberra Raiders. Oh, shit. I'm actually wearing my Canberra Raiders jersey right now. That's your team. Because you were originally Canberra boys, aren't you? Born and bred, mate. South Tuggerong Knights. Well, no, we born there, bred here, though. We heard them hold. Well, (laughs) 10 years. I'd lived there for 10 years, mate. Okay, fair enough. You don't know the lovely, innocent boys they were when they came from Canberra. Mm. Queensland's Mm. corrupted them. I don't believe you. Queensland Um, priests, mate. At least Reese, anyway. Sweet little boy. Fearsome man from the ACT. Oh, suddenly regretting. Don't it. try and stop these men in green, cause they hit ya, hit ya, hit ya, and you'll see green. It's well, the best NRL song. Trust Zoe, me. Zoe follows up. <laughs> Zoe follows it up with Maddie. I've also watched all of Next Generation and Star Trek Next Generation, and don't really know where to go next in the Star oh, Trek God. universe. Got here one here from Claire so Johnson. <laughs> so Zoe, it's very easy. Go to DS9, Voyager, and stop, and then you can. <laughs> And then you can... <laughs> That's got to be two. And then you do Picard when it comes out uh, yeah, next year. Yeah, it's fine if you're reading it, but if you're actually like adding... Yeah, if you're recommending it. If, you, uh... if you answer the question. I was answering a direct question. Plus, I've noticed that you put that in there, Maddie. So I popped that in the mailbag. Yeah, well, I thought Canberra Raiders. Surely this will get around. Yeah, that, that, that was good. Thank you for creating such a hilarious, clearly well-prepared podcast. Oh, she's having a go at you there. Week to week. <laughs> it's been so fun listening for the past month and a bit. I guess I just have to be a regular pleb and wait each week now. Keep up the good work, lads. Thanks, Thank Zoe. you, Zoe. Zoe. Legendary. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure Reese and Brennan would love to you to send through some pictures of you as a Canberra uh, cheerleader. Oh, okay. what do they call it? The Raid- Raiderettes? That yeah, right. Oh, that seems a bit on the nose. Well, look, Victor I didn't Rats. name them. Vic- no, it's the Raiders. Victorians. <laughs> I was going to say Victor Victoria. Victor the Viking. Victor it's the different. Viking. That's the guy in Reese's shirt right there. Mm, absolutely. It's very similar to my beloved Brisbane Broncos. Their cheer squad's called the Hogsbreath Cafe Brisbane Broncos Cheer Squad. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that is that I've yeah, I don't know for sure the Hogsbreath is still a part of it. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cheerleaders want. It's be referenced with a pig. Welcome yeah, no, to yeah. the Hogbreath Cheerleaders. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mate, <laughs> I, I used to introduce them on the field, and if you didn't think every single home game, I thought I was going to screw that up. Hog's Breath Cafe Broncos Cheer Squad. I thought uh, one of these days I'm just going to welcome to the this. big hogs. This is the old the old hog squad here. Here's the dancing hogs. Check out these bunch of pumbas. Like that's honestly what I was worried about. Is hey. I'm going to say something I'm so horrible. going to say a bunch of pumbas. <laughs> Mate, I cry over the Lion King, right? Hey, it's literally going to happen. I've literally got it written on a piece of paper in front of me. I've called them dancing boombers. I've actually got it written on front of me. For no reason whatsoever, I've written, don't call them fat warthogs. 
If you enjoy a good spit roast, welcome to Hog's Breath Cheerleaders. Claire Johnson's got in contact with us. Claire says, we've finally caught up after starting SG1 four weeks ago for the first time. We've been watching three episodes a night, followed by a trio of podcasts. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Now we have to wait a while, goddamn week, to know what we should actually think about an episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we, I think I liked this one. No, you didn't. <laughs> oh. And Appreciate the fact you got an opinion, Claire, but you're not right. Imagine <laughs> no. that Claire's partner comes home and goes, "Oh, so I found out that we're incorrect about this. Let's just re let's yeah. rewatch the episode and then listen to the podcast. Let's rewatch it and hate it. We don't want to do it wrong." <laughs> Um, Claire says, love the podcast. You'd better keep going through to SGA and SGU. Keep up the good work, chaps. Mm. We just... might not do SGU, hey? Oh, let's just not do SGO. I'm, wa- I'm waiting for someone to write in. Done, and say, done it. Yeah. <laughs> keep going through SGA, SGU, and maybe a redo of SGO. You're like yeah. just a bit of a laugh. It makes us laugh in the mailbox. Do some SGI. I'd rather not bother watching it. Mm. No, of course. We'll write our own SGO. Yeah. Claire Johnson, thank you so much. Well done. Johnson. Tara Hunter recommends getting to go to Stargate podcast. I happened to stumble upon this podcast about a week or so ago after starting my most recent rewatch of the show and have been listening non-stop. The guys give good analysis of each episode and hearing Reese's reactions make it almost like I'm watching it for the first time again. Oh, Their tangents Tara. are the best. Well, we've had a couple already this episode, so <laughs> stop your praise. Non-stop <laughs> laughing. Stop laughing now, Tara. And, uh, Thank you, Tara. She's been giving some, Tara. Up, she's been giving some Tara. updates, Mitch. If you want to scroll down a little bit further, she's been giving us a couple of updates along the way. Tara's added, I found this podcast a little over a week ago and I've not stopped laughing. I'm up to the mailbag special in season four and my favourite thing on this planet right now is Low Pitch Matty. Oh, <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> we haven't seen him. Where have you been hiding him, Matty? <laughs> in your basement. He's under the desk right now, actually. <laughs> he? he just can't talk. He's How'd he sneak in here? Well, she adds, watching football and banging bitches is going to be my new motto. <laughs> oh, welcome. <laughs> Which, considering I do neither of those, is a really odd choice. Also, being a math girl, I'm with Brendan on the use of a spreadsheet to track the end of season rankings. Absolutely. Well, have fun actually, with us next week. Jeez, you'll have to do up a spreadsheet for next week yeah I will I've been meaning to send through a, uh, a video to the to our group chat it's a stand up comedian who has a 10 minute bit on spreadsheets who is that oh, I can't sounds hilarious name, to, I, I think I'm, I'm looking that, forward you know, to listening yes, to that we should watch that <laughs> get a few pointers and to close out Tara because she just keeps recommending us like just can't stop loving the podcast <laughs> oh, obviously how could you so in episode 74 the guys were talking about when to start letting kids watch certain films my mum took me to see Scarface with her when it came out in theatres holy shit I was what? 8 wow I took my daughter with awesome. me when the first Shaft remake came out she was 3 she also used to watch Buffy the Vampire Slay with me every week I'm definitely in the running for mum of the year taking the title from my own mum Scarface at 8 like, that's full on. But even I remember watching Shaft for the first time. I would have been like, what, 14? Mm. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright coming mm. out with an ice pick, stabbing himself in the chest. I was like, <laughs> what is happening to my life? I like, you know, that just, that, that changed me. And I was like, yeah, I was a teenager by that stage. Not three. Oh, Shaft, yeah. Yeah. That was good. You best kill me, motherfucker. You best kill me. And this yeah, guy's like, oh my God. <laughs> and then they made a watered down one for Netflix. Well, yeah, it made it for theatres, and then Netflix bought it for like Australia and a few other. So countries. is that meant yeah. to be a sequel? Y- yeah, it's another follow-up because in a in the looks lame. The remake had um, <laughs> Samuel Jackson was the nephew of the original Shaft with Richard Roundtree and oh. all those movies, and then this one is about Samuel Jackson's son, 
but all three of them get to team up. I haven't watched it yet. I've oh, added okay. it to my list, so I'll probably watch it in about six or seven years. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Yeah, I've uh, I've had someone slip into my DMs. Oh shit! Uh, goes by. Um, it, is there much room in there? Oh, there's always room, mate. I'll yeah. make room. Yeah. <laughs> just, just oh, yeah, room. Yeah. There's always room. Room for one more. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that. Uh, <laughs> okay. So uh, goes a uh, handle of um, a beauty toy our beast. To your beast. Oh, that was the joke. Thank you. So I found your podcast right. and have been binging it. I loved Stargate since it came out. Uh, own them all and watch them any time I need to pick me up or I'm bored. But I was always against Star Trek despite never watching yeah, nice. it. Welcome, Reese. Good call. Uh, <laughs> guess it felt wrong to like them both. But because of your continual mentions on the show, on the podcast, I started watching Star uh, Trek The Next Generation and can't quit. So as you much could. as yeah, so yeah, as much as they rag so. on you, I'm glad you get your three mentions in. Cheers. Well, that was three. Room for one more. One of us. One of us. Gooba gaba, one of it's, us. It's like heroin. Like, yeah. it's, it's not good that you watch it. <laughs> yeah, like people They're like you, you watch a couple episodes You're going to be addicted It's bad for your health But My natural conversation with you uh, I want to ask you Maddie, What you thought then About last week's Comic Con Picard trailer But I don't want to get you started Because that'll be oh, That's three We could do a podcast Just on that mate well, That might have to we be Over in our Get in the Geek channel No room for it that. here On Get in the Gate no, I mean, 15 minutes for moon landing chat, which is good, um, but yeah, no room Whoa, for Whoa, I mean, hey, let's not, let's not crap on science here. <laughs> Ashley David, one of our patrons, gets in contact with oh. us and says, Hey, Maddie, I didn't know someone named their beer after you. Just put a photo in as well. It's called Low Pitch Juicy IPA and High Pitch Mosaic IPA. Oh, shit. Low Pitch and High Pitch. Low Pitch and High Pitch. I'm going to... Can sue. <laughs> <laughs> Where is you my should, cut? God damn it! You should uh, you should put two in two lawsuits. Get low pitch Maddie yeah. to um, go yeah. in with you. I knew I should have liked great beers if they want to pit, uh, sponsor, sponsor the show. The show. That's well, good. expensive beers too. Ten dollars a can. Who are they cracking jokes? Oh, yeah, I think they're six oh, that's surely a six Well, is that is, is that, that dollars or yeah, rupees? Yeah, you see the grey things on top. That's the American six pack. Well, oh. That's a cheap beer. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's uh, $30 mm. Australian, though. You know what? If that's, <laughs> if that's American, that actually might be uh, expensive. I would have thought I found piss really cheap over yeah. there. Really? Yeah, oh, it is. My honeymoon, mate. I got I got the expensive bourbon because it was so cheap. Even well, they have conversion. it in plastic, like litre or whatever they call it, tw- 20 ounces, 40 ounces. I drink a fifth of vodka. A foldy. Yeah. A foldy, shawty. I'm drinking a foldy, shawty. I think that's mainly beer. But, Is that yeah. what you're talking about? No, I was talking about vodka. There's uh, a liter of vodka in a plastic bottle is like ten bucks. I'm like, God Jesus. damn! Get I'll up. have eight. <laughs> See you tomorrow. <laughs> Epic. Be back See tomorrow you afternoon. Tomorrow. And a, and a <laughs> two hundred and fifty ml of orange juice just to, just to cut it. <laughs> so you don't judge me while I walk out here. <laughs> Chuck the orange juice in the bin as you walk out the door. <laughs> It's for the kids. <laughs> for the kids. <laughs> vodka, vodka sunrise. Light on the sunrise, please. <laughs> on the sunrise. On the sunrise. Bring yeah. on the darkness. Sweet, yeah. sweet darkness. Vodka on the rocks, yeah. no ice, please. Yeah. I'd, like, I'd like a screwdriver. Hold the driver. <laughs> Noah Tovson from Patreon's jumped on. Me. Thanks for the amazing and very advanced podcast, guys. Oh, it's helped me in my morning commutes a ton. Instead of yelling at other people driving, I yell at Cooper now. Yes. That might make you look crazier. 
Yeah. Just throw it at random people. Goomba! I used to be a patron to you guys before as Ancient Soul. Ooh. Oh, that I, was the, the two young guys that were doing the YouTube videos. Yes, that's right. Compared to babies, they were old. Um, <laughs> that's true. Just look, perspective. But I got busy, <laughs> and college is important. Well, don't... Well, sometimes don't get is. ahead of yourself, though. <laughs> Good call, though. I'm <laughs> told I still don't believe those nerds. <laughs> Sorry I had to unsubscribe for a bit. Now back on. I'm currently re-watching and introduced Stargate SG-1 to my girlfriend. <laughs> Congratulations. We just watched well Nemesis and are about to start season four. Be expecting an off-world activation from me soon. Oh, God, I hope so. Oh, I made something, he says. Ooh. Also, Reese, pay attention for crying out loud. <laughs> Noah Thompson. Thanks, Noah. Legend. Great That's great. I feel like, and this isn't isn't intended as a slam, but I feel like Noah's like the JW of Stargate. Like he's just trying to convert people every every chance he gets. What's JW? Jehovah Witness. Oh, oh right, like right, you yeah. for Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> he's converting his mates. Yeah, that didn't happen. Oh, I got a girlfriend. Oh, she's getting on Stargate. Oh, she's out the door. Well, yeah, you heard about Lord Savage? If she doesn't like Stargate, oh, yeah. kick her out. Yeah, you got me worthy. worried. Now we're recording this. On a Saturday morning, and by the time I get home, I reckon the time I roll in, that's about that's JW time in my street. Ooh. Every weekend. Mate, you got to answer the door Ooh. nude. couple of Patreon shout-outs. Oh, some oh, Zoe. changing it up. New Zoe, Zoe, we just heard from Zoe. Oh, yes. Oh, New camera peeps. New peeps. Rich McCauley has jumped on. Noah Thompson. Welcome. Ancient Soul, as he's just mentioned before. Dan Murray. And, of course, the one and only... James. Oh, James. Jimmy. Thanks, Jimbo. Jimbo. I'm sure he loves it. All, in the, <laughs> all, all of them are going to the draw next week for our uh, mouse you pad can, giveaway. You can win a mouse pad. Mm, Hopefully, nice. you got a mouse to put it on. If not, stick it on a shirt. Yeah, yeah. Yes, prove that. Yep. It almost looks better as like a shirt. Use it as a coaster mm. while you're watching Stargate. Ooh, yeah, you can drink like out that. of a, drink vodka out of a bucket and <laughs> use that as a coaster. <laughs> That's what I'll that's be what doing. I, that's what I do. I mean, I don't have a Stargate mouse pad. I mean, would no. a mouse pad, that'd actually be a pretty solid little stubby uh, yeah. drink yeah, cooler. Like coaster. It's, coaster. Yeah. it's made out of, like, stubby like, cooler material. It's time, time to, to find out if Reese has been paying attention. attention. All right, five questions for Reese. A bit of trivia for the newbie. Uh, trivia. You ready? Nope. Five questions. Bring the board in, guys. Wheel it in. It's in. That's oh, stuck in the doorway. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Squeaky, squeaky There's a wheel. mouse in here. No, 30 <laughs> seconds wheel, on the wheel. clock. Your time starts after this. Anubis was after the Eye of Ra to complete his collection. True. How many eyes are there in total? Six. Correct. What did Carter use to open the door of the secret chamber? Oh, the the red light on a gun. Correct. What did Jack stick to the eye? C4. Correct. What was Scara's fiance's name? Oh, pass. Daniel asked Jonas if he was using his stuff. What was Jonas's reply? You weren't using it. You weren't using it. Yeah, I'll give you that. Buddy. What? Anymore. <laughs> what was Scar's fiance's name? Oh, Jesus. John. <laughs> oh, so close. Trick question. It was never named. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen many that happen. <laughs> what an absolute twice. <laughs> No. <laughs> that was amazing. Sick I'm, question. I'm literally sitting here going, F- even I don't know that. And I'm re- I can tell you the ceremony was called Shaloki. I remember that, yeah, but I'm yeah. going, what the f- was her name? I have no idea. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, trick question. That's amazing. <laughs> you piece of shit. Oh, that's anyway, Daniel's Your back. Your father made you rule. <laughs> you stupid son of a bitch. Oh, that's what you Jonas lovers oh, get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That uh, I'm I'm glad I looked over at you at that stage, Maddie, because that that joyous look on your face <laughs> will never leave my mind. Just it was shock and joy at the same time. Oh, that was amazing. What's that? What's that song about? Cruel to be kind. That was. Oh, that was amazing. Hip to be square. <laughs> and Ascension, Maddie, was the um, name of that episode with the creepy stalker guy. Oh, that makes sense because he was ascended. He was just totally ascended. Boom. Oh. All right, that's episode 133 of Get Into Gate. And that brings an end to season six of Stargate SG1. Where yeah. Woo! And, uh, well, not next up, as far as the episodes go, we're going to get into Maddie's favourite season, as he said before, of Stargate oh, SG1. I just love being in a room with guys having a rank. Yep. Absolutely. That comes first, though. That's next week. We are going to... Yeah, we can to empty our bag after rank that. Rank season six. <laughs> Top year. to bottom, Every our individual season. lists of the uh, season, and then our collective bottom three, and more importantly, our top three episodes as a show of Stargate SG-1 Season 6. It's extremely important. The Jonas year. We'll see how that fares this time next week on the next episode of Get Into Gate. Until then, you can check out as many of our uh, hairy mailbaggers have said in the last uh, couple of minutes. They have done. They've went back and binged all of our old episodes. You can check them out if you are new to the show. Just search Get Into Gate, a Stargate podcast on your favourite podcasting outlet. Hit us up on the socials, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or uh, drop us an off-world activation, Get Into Gate at gmail.com and you can be like uh, Noah Thompson and go full circle and rejoin Patreon if you want well done jump on patreon.com forward slash get into gate hit us up joining the fun I'm Mitch underscore Lewis on Twitter and Instagram if you want to come and talk some gate with me without the others I don't know why you would but hey it's there as an invitation (laughs) you know I'm just here lonely Come and make friends with me. Maddie. where yeah, you at? Yeah, uh, if you want to know uh, what order to watch Star Trek, you can hit up my DMs. Oh, wow, oh, that's that's three. Three. my pitch, Maddie. The lot has to be brought here. <laughs> Just far and no further. What people are doing, Hang they're on, hitting up my listen, DMs. Listen, 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 uh, sorry, buddy. You're that's off. That's the mic going off. So, Brendan, where you at? I'm at the Bren Gibson on and- Twitter and Instagram. And look. If you want, jump on the Gibson Bros pod as well. Absolutely. Oh, on Twitter. By all means. Gibson Bros pod. We don't do much on there, but if you're on Patreon, you can listen to us. <laughs> That's true. And Reese, when you're, uh, or even when you are in a Canberra Raiders excellent jersey from at, the days gone by, where, where are you on the socials? I'm at the Flying Gibson. Beautiful work, boys. We'll see you back next week for our Season 6 group rank. You were also at the Allen Tongue there for a while. Who wasn't? Yeah. Everyone loves Alan's tongue. (laughs) Zoe loves that one. (laughs) Get into geek.